Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's Stroke Awareness Month. In this episode, we're featuring stories from different stroke survivors. You know, I think it might be a little bit too hard to be honest about my recovery. I think I might just fake my way through this. What do you think, Octavia? You think that's a good idea? Yeah, let's just go ahead and not talk about it at all. At all. I think we should just shove down all of these feelings that we have and not live authentically. I think we should just be fugazis, be fakes. Are you on board? Totally. Let's do it. Let's talk about authenticity. Let's talk about being ourselves and finding a foothold in the community. Boom, intro time. <laughs> such a weird intro. I'm in. Hi, I'm Joe. And I'm Lauren. And we are the, the Neuro Nerds. Yes, that was on time. <laughs> well, I feel pretty good about that. Are you a stroke or brain injury survivor looking for community and support? Well, the NeuroNerds are here to help. Join our free Rock community platform to connect with other survivors like you. Once you join our community, you'll have access to free virtual events and resources to help with your brain injury recovery. You can make new friends, jump on audio chat conversations, and even join my private coaching program to get one-on-one support. So what are you waiting for? Go to community.usorock.coach. Yes, that's .coach, not .com, and join the Uso Rock community today. Welcome to the Neuro Nerds. Now, you guys know the running theme. Very special episode. This is like a really special episode. Not that I never not mean it. I always mean it. But because it's one of my favorite survivors in the world, one of my favorite people in the world, one of my real life friends, not just social media friends that we just established. <laughs> and friend to the show, Octavia. What's up, Octavia? How are you? Good, good, good. Thank you for having me. How are you? I am, <laughs> as established earlier, hanging on by a thread. But... I'm much better now because I'm chatting with you. It's a, this is always a, a treat. And it was established a few moments ago that Octavia and I are friends, right? Yes. We're not just social media friends. We're going to be real life friends where we can actually like call each other. But also who calls people? I do this, I do this, the face, the face calls. Wait, do you do unsolicited FaceTimes? I've done it to you. What are you talking about? Wait, have you? <laughs> you know that's true. That's true. I was going through. I was going through a moment during the height of the pandemic where I'm just like, I'm gonna check on people randomly and FaceTime them. I remember that. Yes. Yes. Oh my. Okay. <laughs> By the way, like when we met, I was like, Oh, Octavia's real cool people. You know how even through the socials, the socials, even through the internets, you can get a feel for who somebody is. There's a certain energy exchange even through. <laughs> the internets where you go, oh yeah, I vibe with this person, right? Like I've always vibed with you. I'm like, yeah, Octavia is like really, really cool. Randomly, I just was random ass day. Like I get a FaceTime from Octavia. I was like, what is happening? <laughs> because I've had several people, because I don't know if you know this or not, when you have a brain injury, you tend to do some weird things sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. So I've had survivors like hit me up or like, wait, why am I looking at you? I was like, you just FaceTime me, dude. Like, I don't, I don't know. And Octavia was literally just checking in on people to see like who would answer. And I answered immediately, of course, because you're dope. We chatted. And as soon as like we got done with the call, I was like, damn, Octavia's dope. Like, I really like Octavia. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I just thought it was the coolest thing in the world. Yeah, I was surprised myself. Like a lot of people <laughs> answered the call. I was like, okay, so here we are. <laughs> How you doing? You know, whatever. There was a patch of time, probably maybe right before the pandemic, right? where anytime somebody would even just make a phone call, not even a FaceTime, just a phone call. Like I look at my phone with like sheer panic. Yeah. 
like what do i do yeah. like i wasn't expecting this and i just i kind of put my phone down and just kind of like look away awkwardly because i don't want to send it to voicemail because they're like oh joe's a dick you don't want to talk to me <laughs> so but now I'm much better now i just i care a lot less and i literally just answer for the people who i have emotional space for yeah right? absolutely. You, can't, you can't just be giving this energy out to anybody and everybody so, <clears throat> so it is stroke awareness month this is a big month it this is a big month for for the community now it shouldn't just be this month and then it's over like i try to advocate all year round mm -hmm. but i think this is definitely the month to kickstart whatever kind of advocacy that you want to do and obviously over here on the neuro nerds we want to advocate as much as possible for the brain injury community and you and i have had some interesting conversations about advocacy yeah. Like where, where do we fit in? Like what's our little yes. niche, or niche as some people call. <laughs> so, um, I think that might be a great point. Actually, you know, I'll just say, Hey, Xavier, what would you like to talk about on this episode? You know, you're absolutely right. So this is something I've been sitting on and thinking about for a long time. So I don't know if your listeners know, but I'm in the process of writing a memoir and it has been quite the journey. Um, I sort of started the pivot toward the memoir in 2017. So I have this blog called nomadiccaffeine.com and originally, thank you, did you just clap for me? Thank I you. Did, I did, I did. I <laughs> If you guys haven't checked it out, absolutely check it out. Yeah, so it originally started um, uh, in a space where I was going to write about my story, but I was going to fictionalize it, right? And so mm -hmm. the blog originally started as this uh, space where you could follow me as a writer and it's very technical heavy like if you go back to the very early days of my blog there are a lot of entries that speak specifically on how to piece together a narrative and to create a story from that and how to capture your audience and this and that and the other and character building and what have you um, but so in 2017 actually it was 2018 I had gone on a solo trip to Costa Rica for my 30th birthday. And I know, right? That was a, that was a hell of a trip. There's a blog entry on that too. Um, oh, wait, also, I just want to point out for your 30th birthday, so five years into the future? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so like on this trip, I just, I just had a come to Jesus moment just with the universe, Buddha, whoever. It's like, what am I supposed to do with this blog? Because I just, I just felt like I wasn't really getting anywhere with it. I felt kind of stuck. And it was then I decided to turn it from a fictionalized story, loosely based on my experience, to a nonfiction work where I'm actually confronting the realities of my specific stroke story and everything that happened in that time period. Um, after going to therapy, and I'm, I'm still in therapy, so... Um, I kind of uncovered that me writing the story as a fictional piece of work with me sort of putting this barrier between myself and, you know, reality, what had really happened. Right. Yeah. It's just like, it didn't happen to me. That happened to my character, Tiffany or Jenny or da da da. You know what I'm saying? So, oh, right. What? That's deep. Yeah. And so... You know, I, it was, it took a lot because I've, I've, I've been, I'm somebody who has, I can't believe I'm going to like admit this publicly, but like, I've had a lot of issues with vulnerability. And mm -hmm. so it was safer for me to write these characters as if they weren't real. You know what I mean? So, so when you wrote these characters, do you think now that, that you've kind of processed a little bit, do you think you used that as a way to avoid actually confronting and processing this for yourself? Absolutely. It's been, so it's been, my stroke incident happened December 19, 2012. That is, will be 11 years this December. Um, and I've you know, been off and on in therapy through most of that. And there have been times where I've, I've, I've said to my therapist, Oh, I'm good. Like, I'm, I feel like we're making progress. I'm getting through this. I feel okay about what has happened. And, you know, but then I'm away from therapy for a while and I realized, you know, I'm not really over this yet. I'm not done processing this. And so this most recent round of therapy I'm going into, I call it like the, the authentic therapy because it's like, you know, you have to start being honest with yourself um, and honest about the situation that occurred. Um, it's taken a lot for me to work through that and other aspects of my life as well and how that's been impacted by this. 
and sort of my response to all of that and how I continue to move through the world is just being uncovered through this process, the therapeutic process. And it's hard to tell. It's not easy at all. Not when you take it, when you start to take it really seriously, it's not easy because now you have to be able to hold yourself accountable. And most people don't want to do that. Right. You have to actually deal with this as Octavia mm-hmm. yeah. and not like, you know, Beth exactly. or Grace. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And so um, during the pandemic, I had to sort of pivot a little bit further with my blog because I couldn't go to coffee shops anymore. A big part of the blog is that I would go to coffee shops and write and sort of spotlight the coffee shop and whatnot as I'm doing this. So I had to stop going to coffee shops because we weren't allowed to go out like that anymore. And um, I sort of switched the tone of the blog to focusing more on survivors and not just their story, but how they've been able to thrive um, despite their illness, despite their stroke in their careers and in their lives. And so I've interviewed a lot of people, you, you know, in the early days and a couple other folks who are just doing wonderful, great things in their careers and in their lives, despite the fact that they've had this injury. Because that's where I'm at. I wanted to take sort of a different um, angle, instead of talking about the incident itself, you know, we have a bunch of resources that can help people through that. I wanted to talk about life after, what comes after the stroke. You know okay. what I mean? Okay. Now I, I, I love the blog. I mm-hmm. love the stories like I, because it's genuine. And anytime you have two survivors having a conversation about anything, you, you, it brings things out of us, right? Mm-hmm. That just a regular normie asking us questions. It's not the same thing, right? So now I say this, did you, st- was that another coping mechanism to get you further away from actually processing <laughs> the stuff for yourself? Because like, Hey, yes, now I'm, I'm, I'm hearing these stories. I'm hearing these successes. I'm seeing these people do these amazing things. You're still not talking about yourself. That's You're still fair. not dealing with you. Was that another like little barrier that you put in the way of, of the process of recovery? I mean, it could have been at the time. I think I'm in a much different space now than I was when I started that version of the blog. Because that came, um, I think, like right at the beginning of the pandemic, I had to do a hardship. So like in April 2020, is when I think I started that something somewhere around there. Hold on, just a second. I have to sneeze. Okay. Was that a sneeze? That was a burp. Sorry. Oh, that's cool. Hey, we we can we can edit that out if you'd like. I would love to leave that shit in because I was like, that is the strangest sneeze I've ever heard in my life. That's hilarious. No, just keep it. It's fine. Anyway, twenty twenty three. We're authentic up in here. We're so authentic. Yes. So to answer your question again, to get back to it, I think it, it part of it was me sort of shying away from doing the work that I had to do to fully process it. Um, I think so. Here's where I'm at now with the blog, and you and I have had conversations about this. There's it's multi pronged. So there's the piece where I feel like where do I fit into this community, right? Because as we've discussed before, Joe, like I don't have the physical disablements that some of these folks have, sadly. I mean, I don't have any visible markers that I've been impacted by this. Um, Everything that I experience and go through is internal. These are things that you can't see. Right. Um, so when I operate through the world, I'm operating as if there's, not, there's nothing wrong with me. Right. Um, and so, you know, you're not, unless we're in a meeting together or talking about something strategically, or there's a lot of information being spewed back and forth. Um, it's hard for people to, it's so, well, it's hard for the language person to catch it, but I do have like, pro, like processing issues. And so sometimes it's, it, I feel like, uh, why am I being so slow? I feel so slow. Why can't I catch this? Right. And so anyway, my point is, is like having this invisibility or whatever, it makes it difficult for me to find my space in the community. Right. And then also, you know, I'm not married. I don't have a partner to lean into to help me through those things. I also don't have children. Um, I'm a professional woman. I work in corporate uh, product marketing and tech. You know, I, I have one of those sort of 
corporate trajectory stories or what have you. It's very different than some of the other survivors I've come across where that's just not their life. And so for me, it's to try to find other people who are similar to me um, and be able to fellowship with them in that way. You know what I mean? I'm open to fellowshipping with anyone in the community, but I'm particularly interested in people whose lives sort of parallel mine, right? Because there there are things that just like, I don't, I'm not, I just don't feel like I quite fit in with some of the other other people in this space. I get it. I think it comes down to, um, acceptance, right? Acceptance of, of who you are, what you are. I'm sure like myself, you have a lot of survivor's guilt too, because of the fact that you are so physically ready to rock and roll. Like you and I have invisible deficits, Mm -hmm. you know, I can't even paint a picture of what, when you mentioned processing immediately, I'm like, Oh yeah, like I'm, I'm right there. I, it makes me feel like an idiot. It makes me feel like I'm an idiot, but in a completely different way. (laughs) But when (laughs) Somebody is asking me a question, a question sometimes where I'm like, I can't, I don't, I don't understand. Even with Felice, I'll, she'll ask me something. I'm looking at her like, I don't understand. Like, what, what do you mean? And she's kind of looking at me like, what do you mean? Mm-hmm. What do I mean? And the, the words, sometimes they don't make sense. The words, they, it's, it's almost like a foreign language. I have to decipher what is actually being said tones help me sometimes like oh okay it's a positive thing or it's oh no i made a mistake this is a negative conversation it's weird it's we are now in a brand new brain that's Mm -hmm. that's what it is we don't think the same we don't reason the same everything is different (laughs) unless you've experienced that you have no idea so the guilt comes from there are so many in our community that have these physical deficits that will never know what it's like to feel one of their sides again that's horrible. Now I am fully physically functional and I'm like, why am I complaining? Right. Thing, though. This is what helps me. These are my issues. These are your issues, right? They're yours. They mean everything to you. My friend Noreen, I don't know if you're familiar with Noreen. She, Noreen Walsh, she's an artist from Australia. Mm-hmm. One of my first survivor friends. She had her stroke when she was two years old. Mm-hmm. Two. She's never known what it's like to fully feel one of her sides. Early in recovery, I would have like my little pity parties, my little sad, and then I would beat myself up because like, what am I complaining about? Noreen doesn't even know what it's like to feel saying she would hype me up because even though I'm looking at her like, oh, not that I'm looking down at her, but I'm looking at her like, oh, life must be so hard because you don't have full functionality. The reality is life was better for her because she accepted what her deficits were. She was much happier than I was. She was in a much better Mm -hmm. emotional and mental state than I was. She would bring me out of some of the darkest moments that I had. And I'm thinking, why was I ever even slightly looking at her like she's smaller than she actually is? Like she is a queen in this community. I'm like this pauper, right? Like I am just this like, like peasant in comparison to this queen. So even though physically... You look amazing. You can't even tell, right? And and you don't have a lot of the deficits of the people. Your deficits are your deficits. So if outside looking in, you're like, we have a physically, that's much worse. Is it though? The Neural Nerds podcast has over 200 episodes and counting. So if you're new to the show, you may not know where to begin. That's why we created an episode tour. We'll guide you through some of our favorite episodes and give you a taste of what our show is all about. Sign up for the tour at newsletter.theneuronerds.com forward slash tour or find the link in our show notes. We hope you enjoy the tour. Because for Noreen, it wasn't. What I was going through was much worse and she was helping me. I didn't need to help her. She helped me. So we're, our trauma is our trauma. Yeah. So once we accept that, it's not better or worse than anybody else's. It's just ours. I, that's helped me out a lot. That helps with a lot with the survivor's guilt mm-hmm. because so many survivors out there, I think should be worse off than I am because if I was in that position, I would just be miserable, but I'm not. They're just handling their situation significantly better than we would yeah. right? from yeah. the outside. So I hope that helps a little bit because your trauma is your trauma. Yeah. It's not better or worse than anybody's. Yeah. It's, it's really not, you know? Yeah. yeah, the acceptance part is something that I've, I've definitely got to work on. And my therapist is so awesome. I love him so much. It's a him. Um, 
Oh, that's weird to me. I'm a guy. I don't think I can touch another guy like that. He, one of the specialties is acceptance and commitment therapy. Yeah. And so we're working through some things using that sort of methodology. And it's like, oh, girl, you got to come to terms with some shit. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's time. It is so time. Oh, I'm getting there. I'm working on it. It's it's steps. It's it's all part of the process. Also, I I, dude, I, I love this analogy. We're like alcoholics. We are <laughs> a brain injury survivor. No matter what, will always be recovering from a brain injury. We could never have another episode of feeling overwhelmed or overstimulated. We could never have any of those neuro fatigue like uh, patches. We're still recovering from a brain injury. We will be the rest of our lives. Just like an alcoholic can never have another drink until their last day here on earth. They right. will forever be a recovering alcoholic. We're just yeah. recovering brain injury survivors. So yeah. I think that helps me internally that like it, like recovery is an ebb and flow. We have great times and then we have these little hiccups, these little hiccups, That, but that's all they are. They're just little hiccups. You know, it doesn't mean that we have to start over. It's just, it's, it's a little patch in time. Yeah, no, I totally, I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, <clears throat> step by step, day by day. I feel like that's a theme song for a TV show. But it really yeah. is. Like, <laughs> it's like a 90s, like yes. after Family Matters show. Yeah, yes. for sure. But no, no you're so, absolutely right. What type of advocacy do you see yourself doing? Or like what, ideally, like do you have a vision in your head? Like, you know, this is like my little foothold in the community. This is where I want to go. This is like where I'm struggling because I'm like, I don't yeah. know. I, I, there's so many of us and, and so many, um, resources available already. I'm like, well, what? I don't no, know. No, 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 no. Stop, stop there. Stop there. <laughs> stop there. There is no one on this planet that does the things that you do better than you. There is a story that you have to tell. There is an energy that you have to give that is desperately needed for not just a handful, for so many people that here's the thing that will mess with your mind. So many people out there that you will never know. You won't ever know the impact that you have, that this conversation that you and I are having. Okay. What we're talking about right now, and, and I'm not even kidding. Like, I sincerely mean this, this conversation, this isn't anybody else. This is you. What you're saying is changing the trajectory of someone that's listening to this right now. Their entire recovery and life because of this has changed because of this conversation. Okay. You don't know who that is. I don't know who that is. The reality is those people are out there. They are. It's weird. It took me a couple of years because I'm like, eh, I'm just doing this. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just trying to help the community. And like, it's not like I'm flooded with hundreds of people hitting me up and send me messages. I have my fair share, which is amazing. I do know that so many people listen, but don't have it in them to reach out. Yeah. Right. So many more people are like that than you think. Yeah. So I, I had someone who's been listening to the podcast since the beginning. It took them four years to reach out and say, hey, thank you for doing what you're doing. Four years that they've been listening and I've been helping them on their journey. I didn't know who they were. It didn't change the fact that I was changing this person's life in recovery. You are doing the same thing. So I don't care if there's the, the heart and stroke association, same you Taf, all these other amazing organizations, right? Nobody does what you do better than you. And it's important and needed. So let me ask you this. Joe's off his soapbox. <laughs> Let me, yeah. let me ask you this. Do you want my insurance card? Should I cut you a check for this session? <laughs> hey, this is just what I do. Come on, Dr. I, Joe. <laughs> I feel like I should have a monocle right now. Look, it, it's important. A lot of survivors get, look, we are, I don't want to say, I'm, I'm trying to be like kind with my words. Okay. We're not nice to ourselves most of the time. We we're we're very we're very kind to others. Mm -hmm. We're dicks to our, when it comes to ourselves. Yeah. Right? Like now, if I forgot something, and I was like, "Damn it, Octavia, I'm so sorry. I forgot this conversation we had. I forgot that. Like, I forgot until you mentioned that you Facetime me. Oh, holy shit, you did Facetime me. I could have easily have beaten myself up. Yeah. And a lot of times, up until the last, like, I would say two years. I would have, I would have gone real dark and immediately, Joe, you idiot. Joe, you're so dumb. Why can't you just, that's what I would do. If I was talking to someone else, like, Hey, be kind to yourself. You're doing a great job. You're aware that you had a brain injury, right? You, you know what I mean? Like 
the trick sometimes is to talk to yourself like you were talking to another brain injury survivor, right? And if you're feeling mean and you're feeling angry and you're feeling sad, and would you say these things to another survivor? So why would you say them to yourself? You know, so that that's that's where a lot of the I think um, the work comes in, the, mm-hmm. the mental work that we put in, not just in therapy, just in our day to days. We have to start holding ourselves accountable for the way we speak to ourselves. Mm-hmm. We can't help others if we can't help ourselves. That's that that makes us a fugazi. <laughs> I keep hearing that thing. word everywhere. Where did fugazi come from? My God. Okay, fugazi came from one of my favorite Al Pacino movies. Donnie Brasco. I don't know where it originated. That's where it originated for me. So uh, Donnie Brasco is a like mafia guy and Johnny Depp before before all this shit happened. Johnny Depp was like an undercover cop. <laughs> and he was he was trying to like infiltrate the mob. And so Pacino like uh, Johnny Depp was like a diamond dealer guy. He like new jewelry. And Pacino was like trying to like uh, sell this diamond. So he went to him and Johnny Depp hands it back to him. He's like, oh, get your money back from that. That's Fugazi. He's like, what do you mean it's Fugazi? Fugazi means like a fake. Okay. Yeah, so we don't want to be Fugazi. <laughs> so we want to be legitimately <laughs> real people. <laughs> so it, it's a lot of acceptance. It's a lot of processing. It's a lot of understanding that it's a process, man. Octavia, this is a process. Listen. Now, do I sound confident in the things that I'm saying? You do. I'm not always. Okay. This is the vast majority of the time, I believe every word that I'm saying. There are small patches where imposter syndrome will kick in. Mm-hmm. Where I'm like, am I really, have I really healed this much? Yeah. Am I really feeling this positive? Do I really believe that there is this much light out there? You know, like I have those moments. They're just moments in time, though. That's when the real work comes in. The real work comes in to actually get back to. No, no, no. This is what those are just feelings. Those are feelings. The reality is there is light out there. The reality is I'm here. Percentages say I shouldn't be, but I'm here. You know, the reality is I am helping people. And that's, I think, the same thing that you have to, like, look at and tell yourself. Yeah. You are helping people. You yeah. are. You're helping me. I'll, I, say, this in, I'll say this sincerely. <laughs> Seriously, I'll say this sincerely. Every single, and I mean every single survivor that I've ever connected with or talked to has helped me along on my journey in some way. Some more than others. And I look at, because you mentioned it, you and I were very similar in our, you know, our deficits are invisible. People would look at us and never know that we had brain injuries, right? That's a different kind of understanding that you and I have. Yeah. And not everybody in the community has, you know? Yeah. We're also, we're not like 70. <laughs> that too. Well, and see, that's the other thing. Why I think this has become even more important because more and more younger people are becoming impacted by um, brain-related injuries and strokes. I mean, right. it's just... Everyone just has the assumption that this doesn't happen to young people. This only happens to older people. And so young people just don't. They're the ones who probably need the most support and resources. And what I was reading an article. This was like um, something I had found at the library a couple months ago about how younger people, younger survivors of strokes are, they're more likely to survive. People have been impacted who are under 50, but they have like the hardest time dealing with the aftermath and all of the things in their lives being impacted and then being so young still. Like, it just was like, oh, my God, these are the people that I'm trying to reach. Because, like, when, when my situation happened, it was like this. I'm right. 24, and in grad school, working a full-time job, I just got out of school like a year and a half prior to I'm already X amount of thousands of dollars in student loan debt. We're dealing with a recession and now I have a stroke. You know what I'm saying? I don't come from a wealthy family. I come from a very working class um, Midwest family. Although they can be there to support me emotionally um, and I was insured at the time, guess who has to deal with the rest of the, the, the financial fallout? I do. You know, I'm the one that has to, even though, like, out of the $200,000 expense, I only had to pay, I think, maybe five grand out of pocket. Who has to pay for that? I do. You know what I mean? So, and I did, and it's done. But still, that was a lot of, of 
That's uh, a lot of stuff happening to me that's all at stress. once. That you don't need. Yeah. <laughs> Especially early in recovery. It's, it's, yes, it's just early in life, right? Because you, you're, you're just starting out. Yeah. You just oh, left yeah, college God. campus. And now you had a stroke. And right. it's just like, what the fuck, man? Like, are you serious? <laughs> so so he, here's where I think um, is an easier way for you to find your foothold in the community. Yeah. You know what you needed. You know what you needed. You and I everything that you explained is what I try to explain to people. We were lonely. We were so lonely on this journey and it, we, not just lonely, we're isolated. Like we really were like outsiders and a lot of younger stroke survivors feel that way. And it's not because we didn't have people around. We had isolation does not come from not having people around. It comes from not feeling understood. Nobody understands what it's like to have a brain injury unless you had a brain injury. Mm-hmm. So when I started, you know, the podcast with Lauren, I it was just my life changed. Yeah. My life changed. I want that for other people because I know what it's like to feel isolated and yeah. alone. I never want anybody to feel that. You know what it's like to feel that pressure and that chaos. Yeah. And that I'm sure there was just this feeling of like, this is never going to end. This is hopeless. This is helpless. Yo, it was wild. <laughs> it was a wild, it, it was, it was a very wild experience looking back at it and all of the things that changed in my life from that moment it just it like i said it just wasn't me getting sick and having to go through that experience but then also having to drop out of grad school and then my whole the idea about what my career would look like changed right because i never i never finished my program um so just me having to shift gears in that arena and then me trying deciding like am i going to stay in iowa for rehab or am i going to take my ass back up to minneapolis and keep it going and i went back up to minnesota and kept it pushing now granted it took it took some time i think so i had my stroke in um december 2012 i did radiation therapy february um 2013 so for the rest of 2013 was really just me trying to get back into the rhythm of, of working again and just fully going through um, recovery and just trying to understand at that point, like what the fuck just happened? Like, right. cause I was not expecting any of that at all. And thank God I was working at this engineering firm at the time that I had my stroke. They are the folks that ended up taking me, and I've probably told this story before, they're the ones who ended up um, taking me to the hospital and stayed with me until my family could come up, get to Minneapolis to get me. Um, so those, those people, I'll always, 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 always have a special place in my heart for them. I'll never, ever forget their kindness. There was a small office, like less than 10 of us. The people that showed up for me in that moment, um, it was not expected, right? You just don't expect the people you work with. You, I don't know. They just came, they came through, they came through, the whole company did. And so I like- crisis will show you who people truly are. Yes, it it sure will. And I remember they were really good about, I I went out on disability for several months um, and I came back to work and they were really good at helping me get acclimated to like working a nine to five again because they saw what happened, right? Right. So I stayed with that company for another year, just, no other company would have been as accommodating. I mean, those people were there for me. So I just, I stayed another year with them before I decided to move on to something different. But um, it's been a hell of a journey. I, I remember taking, I think 2014, I was like, well, I'm not going to go back to traditional speech therapy. Instead, I will take an acting class. And I did in Minneapolis. And that was fun for a little while and it helped me with my speech a little bit at the time. And so I'm talking now and I, 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 I sound fine, um, right. but my aphasia was really, really bad in the beginning. Right. Um, right. you, yeah. Do you want to know why? Because you had a brain yeah, injury. Yeah, I, <laughs> I know. It was so hard for me. Um, it was hard for me to communicate and the acting, although it was nerve wracking, it helped a little bit. And it was just, it was something interesting that I'd like to do that wasn't so stiff, like just speech therapy. And then I remember this is around the time I started really getting into yoga hardcore. Um, I got into that for a little bit of time and just, I don't know. I just kind of, I took the time that I needed to really 
ramp myself up again and just reintroduce myself into society. It was it was hard, but right. you know, I got there. Thank you to our amazing community on Patreon for supporting this podcast. You can support us too and get different perks and gifts depending on which Neuro Jedi tier you sign up for. For example, if you're on our Neuro Padawan $5 tier, then you're probably listening to this episode a day early before it's public release. Your support helps us grow and continue to create this podcast. Plus, a portion of the proceeds go to a different cause or individual in the brain injury survivor community each month. Sign up at patreon.com slash the neuronerds. Yeah, and, and here's the thing. Your journey, it's not over. Oh, Just yeah, when no. you think like you hit like a certain point. <laughs> cool i got here now what there is still the rest of the mountain that's just what it is we're just going to keep on pushing you know i just want to be comfortable you're going to be comfortable briefly and then you have to keep on going yeah that's why it's so important to enjoy the journey Mm -hmm. now i say that and it infuriates people because it's like no it's just so hard it's so yeah but that's just what life is there's always something else you kind of have to enjoy this moment right now like the little patches of calm mm-hmm. and then okay yeah. now back back to the thing it's kind of like if you're working a nine to five what do you really enjoy you enjoy lunch <laughs> you enjoy those moments where you're interacting with your coworkers. you enjoy your days off you enjoy your vacations the weekends whatever it is that's what recovery is that's what life is you know you enjoy these little patches of time before you have to do the dumb shit that you just don't want to do yeah i think the, the good part about getting older though is that you, I mean, it doesn't, life doesn't get any easier, right? It actually probably gets more intense, but you yes. have, at this point, you have found ways to handle the issues that come your way and, and be able right. to navigate through them appropriately. Now, granted, sometimes, you know, you got to hit the reverse and I revert back to some shit that I was doing back in the olden days, but, right. you know, for the most part, I try to, um, handle things with care and caution and make sure I'm really evaluating the situation before I react to it. That's one of the things I'm working on too, is just not being so reactive all the time. It's hard. Like I was, it's, it, look, it didn't, it, you, this, this reaction that you had, that didn't happen overnight. That took years oh, yeah, yeah, for you to yeah. like work this in. Mm-hmm. It's going to take some time to reprogram yourself mm-hmm. to that. Like it is, you know, again, it's just, it's all steps. And when it comes to reverting, I don't like saying reverting. I don't like saying fallback because words are powerful. Like they're very powerful. So like I changed the way that I speak and I'm like, I had a hiccup. Hiccup. It's a lot easier to get back from a hiccup than, oh man, I fell all the way back. That's, that's different. That, oh, I know. Man, I, you had a hiccup? Oh, okay. Let's get back on track. My, my setbacks have historically been like very, um, they've been like very, like gut punching, like it's been like got like knocked you out every time you get sat back, and I'm just like can't be knocked out every time something doesn't go the way you want it to go. Yes. My God, yes. you're gonna spend most of your time on the on the goddamn floor. Like you gotta right. get up and like stay yeah. up. <laughs> Look, you, you took the hit, and it's like damn that. So so here here's the thing. I what, what's helpful too, and it's so difficult to do. Um, you know what helped the movie Joker? Have you seen the movie Joker? No. Please watch the movie Joker. Joaquin Phoenix is brilliant. Anyways, he has a line where he said, I used to think my life was a tragedy. Turns out it's a comedy. <laughs> so <laughs> if we look at now in the darkest moments we have, even in the darkest moments we have, if we look at the ridiculous nature of the situation, it's helpful. It it kind of it's looking at like, I'm afraid of crowds and you stand in the crowd and you see everybody in their underwear. You're like, Oh, it's ridiculous. Why am I afraid of this? Right. It takes a little bit of the power away. So if we look at our journey as brain injury survivors, right. With aphasia suffering from aphasia, if you look at how ridiculous sometimes that is like, it's, it takes a little bit of power away from the situation itself. You can, I'm not saying aphasia is funny. I'm not no. I'm saying sometimes the situations that it brings up, funny right with myself with my brain injury I used to cry I was crushed when I was at dinner because I thought I was doing much better than I was at the time and I asked a, a friend of a friend who was having dinner with us and I was like oh what time is a thing and then he answered and immediately I asked the exact same question and he looked at me like wait wait are you are you are you serious you you, you just asked me that I didn't realize I did that mm-hmm. I felt so small 
I felt so dumb. I felt it, it was the worst feeling in the world. Now, looking back at it, I'm like, how ridiculous is it that I'm like, hey, Octavia, how you doing today? And you're like, I'm doing pretty good. Cool, cool. Hey, Octavia, how you doing today? That's kind of ridiculous. So if you look at it with a little bit of humor, if you look at it and you have fun with the situation instead of immediately going super dark, it helps. It helps. I'm not saying it's funny. I'm saying it's better to go into this with a little bit of lightheartedness yeah. than brokenheartedness, I guess. I know. I just, I can't take any more punches to the gut, Joe. God. <laughs> yeah, I got you then. Cover your stomach. Just stick your face out there. No, <laughs> I, I have a, this was, I think, no, was it post-stroke? I think this was, this was post-stroke. I, I was upset about something. I think it was a boy. This was years ago when I lived in Minnesota. And I just had was like a... Prince? Was it Kirby Puckett? No. Was it Kevin Garnett? No. Those are the only dudes I know that live in Minnesota. I don't even know his name anymore. This again, long time ago. But I was just crying and just having a, just a goddamn temper Just what are you doing? On floor, crying in the bathroom, I lift myself up, look in the mirror, and I, Joe, the way that I saw how stupid I looked, I was like, oh, get up. You look crazy right now. And so I started laughing, and I'm like, you dummy, are you serious right now? Get up. That, that is the energy, that is the heart of looking at things through a different lens. Oh my God, it was just you know? so ridiculous. Like, what are you doing right now? This is so it, dumb. It, it uh, Lauren helped me one day that I was having a little bit of a little, little pissy fit. And she was like, all right, we're not going to record today. And she's like, I'm gonna go home. And she's like, well, we'll try again next weekend. And I was like, what? And she's like, you have a pity party. And she said pity party. And it really pissed me off. Like, you have your pity party tonight process and then move on. So then she left and I was like, pity party. How dare she? And I was like, really mad. I remember just, it was like a few minutes, like two, three minutes. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. Like, I'm storming and stomping around here saying pity party. I'm literally having a pity party. Like it's, it's silly. So it helped me process and move forward. That's when I learned to um, sit in those feelings, yeah. you know, not live, sit, sit in those feelings. Yeah. I used to like pretend everything was fine. Cause I didn't want to get like stuck in depression or anxiety or whatever mm -hmm. it was. Now I've learned, I'm like, man, I'm feeling very anxious. So I just kind of sit in this anxiety and I'm like, okay, I don't like this, yeah. right? but I'm in it. So now how do I get out of this? It helps. If I'm depressed or angry, I stay depressed or angry for a few minutes. Like I have that feeling. And then I'm like, I don't like this feeling. Now, how do I get out of this feeling? Right. Yeah. The trick I've told everybody is feel these feels. It's a way to process. Don't unpack and live in them. You yeah. know? That's it. Just don't unpack and live in them. It's easier said than done. Yes. It takes some practice. It really takes practice. And I'm still practicing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you're absolutely right. You definitely have to sit in it. Um, who has this quote? I think it was an actress, Jennifer Lewis. She's like, you can sit in this shit, but don't sit in it too long because you start to stink. Like, oh, yeah, brilliant. Yeah, like because when I when I'm going through it, it's me on the sofa and Netflix and don't talk to me. I don't want to. I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear a goddamn thing. Leave me alone. Like. <laughs> But after a while, especially since I work from home too, I'm all, I'm always here. It's just like, oh, okay, we gotta do something. We have to, we have to do something. We gotta. I can't just sit here all do day. Do you have checks and balances in place for yourself? How do you mean? So, I learned years ago that I um, suffer from depression and anxiety, mm -hmm. right? And I learned that okay, like I know different flavors of all of them. So if I'm like, oh, I'm feeling this kind of depressed today, I have to make sure that I get outside. Yeah. I have to make sure that I talk to certain type of energy. Oh, people. yeah. Oh, yeah. So I got like, my I people. Have these, these checks. So like when you have this thing, you know that you go to this place when this pops up. Do you have like, OK, I'm feeling this. So I have to check this stuff off. I have to do this again. Yes. Like, so and I'm going to shout her out and I hope she listens to this. But my sister is my number one road dog. Oh, sis, that, you better be listening to this. That, that is the <laughs> homie. And it, we are so close. And my sister Good. knows me so well and she is very fucking logical and she will tell me like hey either you're fucking up right now or it's really not that bad um she will be 100 percent with me Good. through and through right that's that's the homie for life we're 15 months apart damn near oh, I'm twins. twins i know that's 
That's my Omi. I love, I love that girl so much. That oh, is, your parents had a rhythm, I guess. Good Lord. Yes. <laughs> there was like two and we're done. It's get it out. Cause I was, I was the, um, I was the, I don't want to say accident, but like my mom didn't think that she'd be able to have kids because she has a heart issue and it'd be too difficult for her to oh, wow. birth. And so she got pregnant with me and was very excited. And then they were like, well, we want one more because she needs to have a friend. So I know, I know, right? Oh my God, I know. My mom was just like, yeah, we couldn't, because my mother's mom was an only child and she didn't like that. And so my mom was like, we need one more for you. We need one more for her. So That's so sweet. You know, look, and not everybody has a sibling like that. I don't have siblings like that, sadly. Um, but there are people out there that can be your chosen family. Mm-hmm. Like they're the most important people. You Look, I had a conversation last night, not to put anybody on blast. Mimi was going through some, some, she was going through some shit last night. We had a very real, you mentioned your sister, you know, she's real. If I'm fu- like fucking up, she, I'm going to tell Mimi was doing, she was going down a weird path. I'm like, Hey, you're not going to like this, but this is what has to be said right now. Yes. Right. And that's what friendships and family ships are all about. You know, this is why you have to find your people yeah, you have absolutely. to find your people not the people that you hear this stuff and you mad at them. you're not mad at them you're upset more with yourself than anything right but you need to find the people that care about you enough to say the difficult things that you need to hear yeah. like your sister did with you mm-hmm. I, love your sister. I don't know her i love her she's so dope i love her so much um so it's my sister or my cousin um lisa that's another one of my road dogs she's been my road dog since we were little babies <laughs> I love her too. So shout out to Lisa. Shout out to Chrissy. I love you both. And I'll probably talk well, you to guys you are, shortly. You guys are uh, um, uh, a part of the NeuroNerd family, the extended family. Like, you know, the normie side, but like the cool normie side. Like if we were vampires, they would be our familiars, right? Yes. Yes. And one more person I have to shout out. Not blood related, but my girl Ari. Ari is my number one too. She's always down, always there. Every time I have something going on and I'm just boohooing and shit, that's the one. See, look, you have a great support system and not just a support system that's going to be like, oh, Octavia, you're great. And everything is that a support system that's going to be like, all right, cool. How do we get you out of this place? Or why are you doing this right now? Exactly. And this is why I love all of them, all of them, because every single one of them, like you just said, and like I just said, have no problem you know, busting my bones, the bones that are done, busting my ovaries. <laughs> <laughs> you know, say, hey, hey, you're a very strong, powerful woman. You wear your ovaries on the outside sometimes. I get it. I get it. Sometimes. <laughs> hey, look, what, when it comes to finding your foothold in the community, here's my suggestion, okay? Think Nike, just do it. One thing that's really helped me through my recovery is having the right tools. I wanted to share what I've learned with others who are on their own brain injury recovery journey, so I created a free guide. In my free guide, nine must-have tools for stroke and brain injury recovery, I cover tools to help with occupational and physical therapy, mindset, overstimulation, and more. If you're looking for ways to improve your brain injury recovery, be sure to check out my guide. You can download your copy at usorock.coach forward slash guide. The links are also available in the show notes. Thanks for listening, and I hope this guide helps you with your brain injury recovery. How whatever you want to give, whatever you have capacity to give, do that. Whether it be with your blog, whether it be with your upcoming book or books, which I'm assuming it will be books. If it's an interview with somebody, if it's a casual conversation with somebody, understand it's impactful. Everything that you do is impactful, Octavia. Do you realize, now I'm asking this like legitimately, I'm just asking this. Do you realize that you impact people in the community? Do you understand that? Sure, yeah, okay. I can see that. <laughs> okay, so, so where's the disconnect with realizing that and then like, well, where do I fit in? I don't, I just, I don't know. Like, I think maybe, I think for myself, maybe it's just, again, the acceptance part of my own situation and then tapping more into the vulnerability side of myself where I have the strength and courage to participate more so that right. people are, are more aware of who I am and what my story is, which leads me to a call out 
to your listeners who want to share their stories on my blog. So, oh. yes. So this is one thing I will say. The blog is very difficult to um, produce. It's a one-woman show. I pick out the people. I write the interview questions. I write the piece. I mean, it's a long process. So for any survivors out there who have compelling, compelling excuses stories about um, how you've been able to move forward despite your stroke and thrive, please let me know. Um, either send me a DM on IG at CB Kelly, Kelly with an I at the end, or send an email to nomadiccaffeinesubmissions at gmail.com. I would love if you could write up a story for me, something, uh, send it through. Other people would like to read it. We're all about supporting each other and sharing and any sorts of stories of growth, really some, something that's inspiring for people to read. That's what I want from people out there. I, I want to be able to share those things and connect and, and fellowship with my people. This is you getting your foothold in the community. I love your blog. I love your blog. Like I do. I just love it. I'm a fan. I'm a fan, Octavia. I'm a fan. Thank you. You, know? you can't even tell. I'm a stalker. I'm right outside your window oh, right Lord. now. <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of what you do. It's because you're so genuine. You really yeah. love it, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm a, a, a fan of yours. Keep doing what you're fucking doing. <laughs> Nobody, no, and this goes for everybody out there in the community. There is no one out there that does what you do better than you. And what you do is important, whatever that is. And when it comes to impacting others, this is why I ask if you realize like your impact on the community, I have the same thing. And I have to say it frequently because everybody out there needs to understand when you impact one person's life, you don't, you impact several, like you really do. It's not just that person. It's that person. And then when they go home, it's how they deal better with their family, with their partners, with their friends, with the random people that they meet at the store. And then somehow, some way that energy turns into like world peace. <laughs> but we have to connect. I don't care how many organizations are out there, how many podcasts, how many blogs. We need more. Do you know how many freaking people are on the world? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so what's, what's crazy is there are people out there who have never heard the Beatles, but they listen to music. You know I, mean? I like to think that everybody's heard the Beatles. No, there are literally tens of millions of people out there who have never heard the Beatles, right? So it doesn't matter how many different platforms there are out there or people doing things. There are so many people who are just you-centric. You are going to vibe with your people and you are going to create something so beautiful, impactful, and change the world in such a beautiful way. Like you really are. Like I believe that. Anytime we do these things genuinely, and with like a, a warm heart and we're authentic and like, like really, really authentic. Like I want to help. And I know you want to help. And you're sharing this, not because like, Hey, look how amazing I am. Look the cool things that I do. You're doing it because you're a genuinely good person. Right. Yeah. That shows. And that resonates with so many people out there. So as for like finding like your, your um, foothold in the community, you're, you're there. Like you're, you're there. And all you have to do is just keep doing it. And it's going to grow, you know, like all of these things. It's, it's we come from humble beginnings. This is these are the humble beginnings of like this giant juggernaut of a community that you're going to start building for yourself. I, I truly believe that. Well, thank you, Joe. I appreciate that. I'm glad you, I'm glad you believe in that somebody believes in me. <laughs> and not just me. Do you know how many, I'll, I'll, I'll start yelling again. Do you know <laughs> Do you know how many people out there like look at you as like, wow, I want to be that. Oh, you know don't I mean? do that. Ah. Seriously. <laughs> Seriously. Like she is, and I've heard this from people in the community. Octavia's amazing. God, I love her. Uh, I've heard that a lot. Yeah. And it's because look at how genuine just this uh, conversation happened. Right? Yeah. Like we, none of this was planned. This was kind of planned. Hey, I kind of want to talk about this direction. This is just a regular conversation between two survivors. Everything that you said is open and honest and, and heartfelt. That shows, right? Yeah. Keep doing that. This, that's, that's all that. Look, my podcast is literally just me talking. <laughs> I am the expert at what I've dealt with and what I've seen, right? I don't know everything. Your perspective and the things that you've seen and you deal with that's a complete other world than what I live in. Right? Yeah. That needs to be shared with people because there are people that my story and my, you know, 
the things that I do, it doesn't resonate with them, which yeah. is weird. I think I resonate with everybody. No, <laughs> which they, they need you. They need you. And uh, you guys out there, they need you. The community needs everybody to share because we all kind of have like the puzzle. We all have like the outline of what recovery from a brain injury is. We need to talk to one another and hear each other's stories to fill in all of the pieces. You know, like there are things that I'm like, oh, wait, you did that. And then that, oh, my, okay, now I know that we, we need to share these stories, not just for like, it helps everybody. It helps us because we kind of get it off our chest mm-hmm. and then it helps other people out there know that they're not alone and it gives them information that they probably didn't have before that. So please continue to do the amazing things that you do. Octavia, my, you. my, uh, my social media friend. <laughs> social media friend. That's too funny. Okay. Genuinely. You're, you're one of my favorite, I was going to say survivors in the world, obviously, like you're just one of my favorite people. Like I sincerely mean it when I say like, I'm a fan of yours. Like, I, I, Yo, I am. I'm a fan. I am. Oh I am. So, so, hey, okay. Okay. You, you can say, oh, Joe, you're being kind. I'm not. And I tell people constantly, I'm not kind. I'm a little bit of a dick. I'm just honest. Right. <laughs> I, I've upset people because of honesty. <laughs> you know what I mean? I can see that. Yeah. And I'm not, it's, it's not because I'm being mean. It's because you asked my honest opinion. Yeah. I gave you my honest opinion. If you didn't want my honest opinion, go ask someone else. You know yeah. what I mean? No, I if you want to feel really good about yourself or possibly cry, ask me what I think. Yeah. <laughs> you, the real. So if you want to, you can hit Octavia up on her burner account at. No, it's not a burner it's account. It's not a burner account. Oh my God. <laughs> so. So uh, Octavia's page, um, her Instagram page will be in the show notes. The email to send uh, your stories will be in the show notes. Actually, I have two people that I'm going to send your way. I'm going to talk to them. Um, and I think they have amazing stories. And if they're willing to share, I think that would be great. Um, th- that, that's This is me shouting out the socials. If you wanted to attempt to possibly reach out to my tiny, beautiful ass kicking coast, Lauren, you can at Lauren L Manzano on Instagram. You can absolutely reach out to me at Joso rocks on all the socials. You can reach out to us at the neuro nerds everywhere. Now this always, I always get like amped up and jazzed. I, I don't even, it's not even the coffee. It's just the conversation. Mm-hmm. Like I really, I, I sincerely love having you on the show. And obviously whether you like it or not, this isn't going to be the last time you're going to be on. No, I will <laughs> come back for a fourth time. I love this. Like I, I really do because you, you just give such value to our community and you are, and I'm, I'm just going to say this now because I like to think that you're processing through all this stuff and then you're finding your foothold. I feel that you're going to end up just being a huge pillar in this community because you have a, and do you realize this? Like you have a little bit of a presence about you. Do you realize that or no? I've, some people don't. I've heard that before. I don't, guys, what are you? No, <laughs> I don't know what any of that. I know what it means, but it's just very. It's when people say that it feels it feels very pressurized for me. Like, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Take this compliment. <laughs> I've never seen you so uncomfortable. That was awesome. Oh my god. <laughs> I think another thing when it comes to growth is acceptance, right? Well, so yeah. Acceptance of your situation, also acceptance of the things that I'm saying okay. because. I don't lie to my people. I don't lie to my people. You're my people and I would never lie to you, right? So these are genuine feelings that I have. You do, you have a presence about you. you you're like, like you have like a very powerful presence, right? Like if you wanted to, I think you could start a cult. Like I don't that kind know. Of <laughs> I've, heard, <laughs> I've heard people, people have gotten, some of have told me, a couple people have told me that, I've, that I look legal. I don't know, I'm like, oh, oh. Okay. Okay. Octavia. Regal Octavia. No. 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 That's not going to be your new nickname? No. That should be like at the end of your emails, you know? No. Regal. Out. Oh my God. <laughs> Look, Octavia, I, I thank you for always being so um, open and honest on the show. We always have amazing conversations and like you just give such value to the community like you you really do, you know, and I appreciate everything that you do. I just appreciate you. Like, again, I say this. Sincerely. Thank you. I'm, a fucking, I'm a fucking fan. Like, I really am. I think you're you're you're, you're cool people. 
Um, even if you weren't a brain injury survivor, I'd be like, this chick's amazing. Yeah. If you are a brain injury survivor, you're like, oh, you're amazing and you have a brain injury. That's like, it's like superhero status right there. So um, definitely send your stories over to Octavia. I mean, you heard her. I, there's not really much else I can say. Like you're on the pedestal's pedestal, Octavia. You get that, right? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I just love this topic, you know, no matter what you do, just continue to do it. You know, think Nike, just do it, right? Like, yeah. We're here. It doesn't matter. Get out of your head, you know, just yeah. get out of your head, get out of your head, process, share, not just for yourself, but for, for other people. Like a lot of the stuff that we're sharing, it's bigger than us. Yeah. Right? Like it, there's somebody that needs to hear your story, whether you think it's important or not. Right. I want to hear your story. Octavia clearly wants to hear your story. So get out of your way, people. Octavia, yes. your people, get out of your way. Done. <laughs> I don't know why I attacked, but on that attacking note, <laughs> this neuro nerd is out. 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 <laughs> it was like so sweet and nice. It's like, get out of your way. <laughs>